Hi, everyone. It's Henry DeVries from Indie Books International. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. So glad to have you here today. And we're talking about PR, public relations. And what is it? How can we get more of it? How has it changed? So before we get into our topic and our special guest, we're going to do a quick author's roll call. I'd like you to go a little deeper today. Uh, tell us where you're from. Tell us the title of your book. Tell us what your plans are to shine a spotlight on that book in 2022. So uh, we're going to go with uh, David, then Patrick, and me. David, when you're ready. Thanks, Henry. Hi, I'm David Goldman. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I wrote a book it called The Road to Happiness, How to Get What You Really Want. And um, uh, I'm most proud of a book that's being co-written as we speak. Uh, I'm co-writing with Henry and with Mark LeBlanc uh, called uh, Bringing in the Business. And, uh, and that's really the one where I'm excited about 2022. And uh, the plan for that is to get it uh, into the hands of decision makers and law firms, uh, accounting firms, and uh, financial uh, advisory firms, as well as to uh, consultants and coaches who want to bring in more business without feeling like salespeople. And uh, I expect big things out of that. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, David. Thanks for teaming, uh, letting me team with you on that book. I'm, I'm yeah, well, very pleased with how it goes through the enrollment process as opposed yeah. to selling people. It's about enrolling. So I think it's an important book. Mm. Patrick, tell us what you've got going on. Thank you, Henry. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here today. My name is Patrick McGowan. I'm in the bustling metropolis of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And uh, in the last... Um, in the last year and a half, I started a little company called Punchin, and uh, we work with individuals who want to increase their presence, especially on Zoom, uh, their presence and their influence. I've written a book uh, subsequently called Across the Lens, How Your Zoom Presence Will Make or Break Your Success. And what I hope to do with that here in the first quarter, particularly of 2022, it's um, to be released uh, I believe around March 2022, and uh, what I'm expecting from that is uh, being able to to uh, get that in the hands of as many people as possible, so that they can feel uh, more connected, uh, have greater comfort, and uh, have more impact uh, in terms of their video presence and their video engagements. You know, Patrick, there's a joke in the publishing industry. Sometimes we say that book wasn't released. It must have escaped. But I think <laughs> we're going to release your book. We're proud to release your book first quarter here. So looking forward to that. Well, yeah. I'm also, was that, you know, I, I'm not only a, a member, you know, I'm, I'm also, I also own the Razor <laughs> Company. What is that? So Rainmaker <laughs> Confidential, this is the book that I've come out with, uh, with Scott Love and Mark LeBlanc. And it was a year-long study we did uh, during COVID. Justin Breen, our special guest today, helped because he introduced me to many of the people I interviewed. And we also mm. put some of them into the book about what were they doing when it all went to heck? You know, what, what were they doing to make it rain? And that means mm. bringing in the business. 
So what did they do? And they shared their secrets willingly. And we've published this book. Its official launch uh, will be in January. And we're in the pre-launch phase right now. So thank you for that. And now uh, let's go to our guest, Justin Breen. Uh, Justin, I ran into when he was a public relations publicity person representing clients. And I was fascinated with his approach because there was something different about him than everybody else who was showing up in my inbox for my column for Forbes.com. <laughs> and mostly it's, it's because his background was as a journalist and he'll tell us some of that. And he didn't approach it like uh, the typical PR person does about, you know, how am I going to get this sold? He came on as a resource. And how can yeah. I be a source? How can I be helpful? And then that opened the door for many of his clients to be written about. So he did well by them. He's, he's an author himself and uh, knows the game. So Justin, let me give you the official introduction. Uh, he's the Thank CEO you. of BR Epic Communications and BR Epic Network. He's the author of a number one international best-selling book, Epic Business, extremely active member in Strategic Coach, which we'll hear some about. And uh, he has an incredible global network of visionaries and exceptional business leaders. Uh, please welcome Justin. Justin. Thanks for being with us today. What would you like to talk about? Yeah, so I never, you know, I was a journalist for 20 years and, uh, you know, uh, you know, now doing this. So I've interviewed thousands of people and been interviewed certainly hundreds of times since starting my first company. I never come prepared for any, I never come prepared for any interview because uh, organic, organic's best. But what I will say, I just got this text message uh, you know he's he's a, a a billionaire in the Middle East, and he just he just texted me uh, on WhatsApp. Uh, hey, it's two it's two twenty one a.m. Could not sleep as I was on the last three chapters of your book. Had to finish it before I went to sleep. Well done. <laughs> so so um, he's a great guy. He's a great guy, and um, I guess that's the value of the book. <laughs> I don't know how many copies my book has sold, but what I have found is that it's a key that opens up keep it a key that opens up endless doors for me and then that's great been for me great for me and my brand and my business but really great for you know you said it already but for my partners for my clients because folks want to interview me first and then they want to interview you're like oh you work with only people like that I go yeah I don't you know I'm just the buyer I'm not selling anything I just partner with people like that and then they want to interview people like that so it helps them it helps them yep so uh tell us about the book we're all authors. We want to hear about your book. Yeah, I mean, I'm a simplifier, and um, and I'm almost dead last in ideation on strength finders. Um, so I'm 32 out of 34 on ideation, which is really rare in the entrepreneur world. Most of the folks I talk to are really high, uh, if not one or two. Um, but if I do have a good idea or someone gives me one, then my top three are activate, maximize, achieve. So uh, if I do something, which is very rare, but if I do it, it has to be done at the highest level. Otherwise, what's the point? So that's the background. There was no intent to write a book at all. I mean, there was, there was no intent. I have very few good ideas, but uh, for my company's first, uh, you know, first 30 months, the 30 month anniversary, which was November 16th, 2019, 
Uh, I published a list of 30 things I had learned in the company's first 30 months from 30 of the top entrepreneurs on the planet, because most of my day is talking to the top entrepreneurs in the world, people like, you know, people like that guy. And, and uh, so I posted it. I think I, at the time I had 35,000 followers on social media and everybody's like, you have to write a book on this. You have to write a book. Like, okay, that's a good idea. So, <laughs> so I wrote the book and uh, Chris Foster wrote Never Split the Difference, one of the top uh, business books in the last 20 years. He did the foreword and, you know, it's an international bestseller, you know, and number one for entrepreneurship in the U.S. And, and uh, again, it's the key that opens up endless doors. It came out in May of 2020. I still do two to three media interviews for it every week. And again, that's great for me, my brands, but great for my, it's, for me, it's more important for my, for my partners. That's great. Now, uh, take us back to when you were a journalist. Where were you a journalist? What were you covering? Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. Uh, I'm not a PR firm owner and I'm not a journalist who's a journalist. So when I was a journalist, journalists who were journalists had no idea what I was talking about and PR firm owners had no idea what I was talking about because I was an entrepreneur who happens to be a journalist. So everywhere I worked, uh, whether it was the, a 15,000 Cirque newspaper or a top site in Chicago or as an executive editor in, in South Dakota, so a big fan of South Dakota. They would give me weird jobs because they didn't know what to do with me. So <laughs> they had no idea what to do with me. So I never understood if it bleeds, it leads. I never understood negative news. I never watch the news now and I never watch it because um, it's the opposite of visionary abundance investment mindset. Um, so when I was a journalist, I'd only write the stories about, you know, cool people changing the world or people overcoming the odds. So with my PR firm, there's no it's the same thing. It's just people changing the world, doing whatever it takes. And, and then my newest company, which, which just officially launched, it's high price point invite only connectivity platform for top people in the world. Cause those people just want, they just want the connection. They just want the result. So it's just technology for my brain. So I'm really excited about both of those companies. What advice do you give authors for PR and publicity? Yeah, I mean, that's a good landing the plane question. And usually landing the plane questions really annoy me because I'm just flying the plane, but that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, you know, one, um, I don't do anything that I'm not good at or I don't like to do. Meaning if there's something I'm not good at or I don't like to do, I just hire someone else to do it um, or I don't do it or I, you know, freelance it or whatever, whatever that is. I would never try to do something that I'm not good at or I don't like to do. So certainly hiring someone who's spent their entire life in this and actually knows what they're doing would, would probably be a good decision. Um, you know, the other thing is that uh, podcasts are replacing mainstream media in terms of relevance and importance. I mean, you know, I'm in constantly in mainstream media. My wife and I have been on the Today Show. I'm very grateful for that. But uh, podcasts are actually replacing those because uh, for three reasons, my brain simplifies everything into patterns. So the host is usually an entrepreneur, not a journalist. So they're coming from a place of uh, abundance, not scarcity. You can do a deep dive on the, the interview subject. So it's not a drive-by interview like you see in TV or radio. You don't really get to know someone in that. And then three, the audience might not be as large quantity-wise, but it's a far more qualified audience. So I don't care about numbers. I just want the right numbers. And I'll give you an example. That's not a podcast, but it's the same type of thing. Uh, Private Wealth Magazine, uh, they just did a huge story on my new company. So they, they have about 2,000 subscribers. Okay, well, average revenue is eight figures. 
So that's, those are the only people I want to talk to because those are the ones that are going to make, they'll make the investment. And that's what new companies for. They're the ones, you know, it's for a connector for people like that are the ones who will make the investment to become someone like that. That's, that's the audience. And when you're not selling anything and you're just the buyer, it eliminates trying to sell anything. I haven't done outbound sales or marketing or gimmicks in years. I'm just people like the person who messaged me two 21 in the morning, his time, cause he wanted to finish my book. Those, those people are constantly reaching out because I'm just connecting people like that on a global level. So it eliminates all this, you know, landing the plate stuff that most people are living in. I think you're profound when you talk about typical journalists have scarcity mentality. Entrepreneurs uh, 99%. Yeah. Well, right. Well, that's it. And so my brain, you know, I don't know how my brain works, but it's just, I mean, I don't know why it works like this, but it just does. And so I see all this complexity in the world and I just simplify it. Um, so most people are living in this complex world. I'm, I'm living in the simplest world on the planet, meaning I, I only ask myself two questions every single day, only two. So all this other stuff's totally meaningless to me. So one is that I have at least one good experience that day with my family. And then two, did my network grow on a global level? So every day the answer to that is, yeah, I mean, it's yes, yes. And all this other stuff takes care of itself. But I think what's happened is um, because most of my day is talking to people like you. And then I hear blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. Or that's not a good idea. I'm not doing that. And then I just see the patterns that just continue to, they just, the patterns form themselves. And then most importantly, when I see the patterns, I'll do something about it. I will activate that pattern. And then I'll just do it. I won't forget about it. I won't, I won't farm it out to 30 different people. I'll just, I'll just do it. And so all this complexity that most people are living in and most business owners, I'm not a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. There's a fundamental difference. I'm just enjoying time with my family and growing my network. All this other stuff takes care of itself. What is the value proposition you offer? Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, again, I'm just a buyer. I'm not selling anything. So, um, you know, come from the PR aspect, companies pay my firm. Um, they pay my firm to be in news and media, usually at a global level. What I hear over and over, because again, I simplify into patterns. I hear the same thing. We're tired of being the best secret. We want to be in more news and more media. Again, usually it's at a global level, many times national, regional, uh, just to create more validity and credibility for their brand. Um, I think how it's evolved, because I'm, again, I'm constantly in media myself, and this is a prime example of that, is that the folks I talk to now, they're entrepreneurs at the highest level that host their own, a lot of them host their own platforms, and they want to be connected to other people like you. They want to be, they, because people like you, it's just collaborative. It's not scarcity. It's abundance. It's just collaborative. I mean, you know, my company's entire process is on the website. There's no tricks or gimmicks or any of that. Here's what it does. And what I found is because a podcast or a transactional transformational platform for entrepreneurs, that's what they are, because uh, I simplify into patterns, um, is that it that just grows that connectivity very quickly, by the way, very quickly, because, um, you know, you're on these shows or whatever, and then it's how you leverage those connections, what, what value you create for them, whether folks become your clients or whether they become investors or whether they become collaborators or connectors. It's really fun because I, again, I see the pattern now and then I just do something about it. So it's a lot of fun. 
What do you think about this statement? If I was going to give advice to any author on the number one thing they should do, it would be to get on podcasts with that attract their target rich environment, because that's the publicity gift that keeps giving. And you get to experience the author instead of the filter. When I write about you in Forbes, I'm filtering you. Here, experience. You. Experience. That's the word. So I hear blah, blah, blah. And then I take the nugget. So experiences, that's it. You get to experience someone. Yep. Right. That's, that's a good one. I love it. That's tremendous. And also, by the way, uh, you said the S the S H O U L D word. That's that's my uh, that's my the new version of S H I bleep for me. <laughs> I never say that word anymore. Okay, <laughs> so I didn't mean to shit all over you, uh, Justin. That wasn't nice. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not giving advice. I'm just like you know. I'm just like okay. I had zero business background, zero business background before I started my first company. Now I have a global company that only partners with the top people on the planet or the ones that'll make the investment. Because at the highest level, there's no, there are no excuses. You just make the investment. You just find a way to do it. So I have multiple billionaires that are clients and multiple folks that are dirt broke. It's the highest level. You don't make an excuse. You find a way, find a way to make an investment. So there's no advice for that. There's just, <laughs> you're either one of those people or you're not. I, I, um, you know, I kind of quantify things. I people like me, one in a thousand maybe. And my new company, it's for and and the current one, it's really for the point one percent, not the one percent, the point one percent. But you know, most people, scarcity folks, they're like, oh, point one percent, small number. I'm like, no, no, no. There's eight billion people on the planet. Point one percent of eight billion, eight million. Eight million is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of people. And the 8 million, the 0.1% are the ones that actually create everything that employs everyone else. So that's how I help the world. Um, by helping this certain type of person, because they're the ones that change the world. I just help them share their message with the world or connect them to other people like you so they can share their message. This is just solves the problem. When I taught business uh, at the University of California, San Diego, I would teach the international students. And one mm. was a woman from Korea, and she presented mm. her business plan for selling <laughs> high-end handbags mm. in China. And I asked her, like, well, what percent of the population is your target audience? What'd she, say? she said, it's What'd very say? small. You know, right? it's only 300 million. <laughs> <laughs> Less is more. Less is more. Yeah. And, uh, well, I would like talking to her. And, um, you know, I didn't know you taught business, but that doesn't surprise me. So you're su like you and I are such anomalies in our vertical, you know, entrepreneurs who happen to be journalists. And that's fascinating to me that you taught business as well. I mean, that is a really interesting brain. I mean, I started my first company with literally with zero business background, zero. I never, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was. Um, never took a business class in college. You know, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, if you could do anything different, I'm like, well, probably not. But the only thing I would change is if, uh, you know, I went to college, I got a full academic scholarship to college. I have somewhat of a brain. And uh, I, but I would have taken actual entrepreneurial classes taught by actual entrepreneurs, not not someone who's been in, you know, been in college for 30 years, and never done anything. So I would have liked to take a class from someone like you. Um, but other than that, no, I wouldn't have changed anything. But that I mean, that is not surprising, but also fascinating that you were uh, taught business. Well, really I'll, I'll tell you the quick story is I was the chief marketing officer for the extended studies program. 
And mm. so assistant dean was my title, but I raised <laughs> revenues from 22 million to 45 million. And yeah, that of was state money. That's that's people reaching into their pocket and giving us money. Yep. But the dean yeah, called you're an me entrepreneur. in. Yeah, well, the dean called me in and uh, who's a PhD, everybody who runs a university is a PhD because they sell PhDs. <laughs> so you to, and she said, you know, Henry, she goes, I know you always think about business first and I don't want you to beat yourself up over that. You, you can't help yourself. I mean, you got an MBA. <laughs> and I said, okay, oh, yeah. I won't beat myself up for producing, for doubling your revenue. Um, well, you know, the thing is, is that, um, you know, um, so that, that's a great story. Um, and um, the way I kind of look at things now, and by the like half of my clients can barely read. Um, uh, some, some of them didn't even graduate high school because that's, you know, um, that <laughs> in this world, that doesn't really matter. Um, uh, in fact, a lot of people in that world get very annoyed by people like me that have like no education in this world. And then, oh, great global company, <laughs> another one, just, you know, following all these shortcuts. But, um, but uh, like my first company, like the, the one I started four and a half years ago, that's kind of like my bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship. And then this new one that I just launched is the master's and then there'll be a PhD. <laughs> and actually the PhD, uh, 10 year vision, I just, we do a 10 year vision board in my family. My 10 year vision is starting a Brevik foundation just to help entrepreneurs. So that's the, this new company. All that is, is a, a foundation to create an actual foundation. Um, and that'll be the PhD. So thanks for helping me simplify that uh, in real time, by the way. So that's, that'll be the PhD of entrepreneurship. But right now I just started my master's uh, <laughs> program with new company. Uh, it's, funny. it's funny you should say that because I got smiles from some of the authors in our group. <laughs> what we teach is that you need uh, 10-year goals, five-year goals, yeah, one-year go goals, 90-day goals, 30-day goals. And, uh, and um, my whole life changed after a retreat we did, and I was asked, um, and I was 55 at the time, I was asked, um, so what are your 10-year goals? you know, the 10 year yeah. vision. And I couldn't sleep that night because I realized I didn't have it. And 10 mm -hmm. years would be, I'd be 65. So yeah. that's when I quit the university and formed this company. Um, oh, amazing. And, and, you know, they, they thought I was, oh, <laughs> when, I, when I quit the university, I, I had tenure, you know, uh, the equivalent of tenure. So I had a lifetime contract at uh, six figures. And when I went in to resign, they thought I'd had a mental breakdown. And yeah, well, because they, they're the opposite of us. That's the literally, there's two verticals that are the exact opposite of people like us. Yeah. One is higher education and the other is politics. Um, so I completely ignore, I don't ignore higher education because there's a lot of folks in that space that are actually changing it. Um, there's a lot of abundance visionary. I only partner with people with visionary abundance investment mindset. And so there's a lot of folks in that space uh, that are, or they're trying to get access into that space that actually are trying to change things. So people like you that were in that space, uh, then they're trying to ch break the mold. But the other one's politics, and I just completely ignore it. I completely ignore politics because not because I don't like it, but it's just it's just the opposite of visionary abundance investment mindset. 
I mean, it's argue instead of do anything. It's talk instead of, I mean, I'm, so there's no, there's no point to it. And okay. entrepreneur at the highest level, it doesn't matter who's in office. You can get it done anyway. So it's totally meaningless to me, but it's a really, it's just a fascinating thing that you can't, that you were in that world and you were surrounded by, you know, 99% of the people are the exact opposite of you. And it's the same with journalism. No one, that's what I mean. No one had any idea what I was even talking. They had no, and I didn't know what they were complaining about. <laughs> so, uh, like, there you go. All those things, your evaluation. My evaluation said, <laughs> oh, my evaluation oh. said where did this <laughs> career go so horribly wrong? He <laughs> <laughs> could have been yeah, a professor like at any university. I was like, oh gosh, yeah, uh, that'd have been bad. Oh, I also had a gig um, after one of my books, I had a gig on local TV. Um, where I had six minutes to talk about how to improve your career. Six it minutes. Was six minutes, you know, every month. A long time on TV. Well, yeah, that was when, you know, sometimes I got four. And it was just, right. so, it was like bread and circus. It was just so, I had to be entertaining for four minutes. I wasn't helping anybody. And my article in the <laughs> newspaper was 500 words. You know, yep. very few people would buy the book which could have helped, <laughs> you know, it's like, so this is so much better. Uh, the podcasts, um, I yep. resisted doing podcasts. Uh, I changed my mind <clears throat> this year when we started this one and we're on YouTube, yeah. we're on iTunes, we're yeah. on Spotify. And it was about the guests. First, we thought we'd just be talking to our people. And then it was guests yeah. like you that we bring in that open people's thinking that there's different mm. ways to think about this. Um, do you have any advice to give on how you get on podcasts? Well, um, again, I'm just the buyer. I'm not selling anything. So what has happened is, um, you know, I, again, I do two to three media interviews every week still for my book. And I don't see that ever stopping because what people like you listen someone like me like oh I have to interview that person so people reach out to me at this point you know I think um, I think when you start um, and again I simplify into patterns so when you start a business or start something you get to get so I reached out to 5,000 people to get my first five clients I mean so one out of a thousand said yes so you get to get then you then you get to give so you're mostly getting but you're giving a little um, then you give to get, so you're mostly giving to get a little, and then you get to the point where I'm at where you give to give, but only to the people who get it. So I'd gladly give, but only to people who understand it. Cause if you're giving to the wrong person, you're actually damaging your network. And then that person, it won't be able to do anything with it anyway. So it's, it's point, it's a exercise in futility. So I think it's the same type of process for being in media, like get to get to get to get, um, uh, again, like if you're not good at something like this, you just hire the best person to do it. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's how I created my second company. Um, you know, it's just technology for my brain. It's just, the, it's a thousand X of what I'm already doing. Um, but I couldn't do it because if I tried to do the technology or build the platform, I'd electrocute myself. I'd blow myself up. I mean, kind of. So I just found a business partner and they actually found me because I'm the buyer at this point. And they're doing all the backstage stuff. I can't do any of that. And they're in strategic coach with me. So that's a, that's a validator. Um, and they're doing all the back. I mean, I just like to talk about it. I'm good at that. 
So it's fun. Let's talk about strategic coach. Not everybody is familiar with uh, this phenomenon. So could you share, please? Yeah, so uh, I'm very confident saying it's the top entrepreneurial group in the world. Um, Dan Sullivan, he's 77. I'm very confident saying he's the top entrepreneurial coach who's ever lived. I mean, I'm, I'm just very confident saying that. I mean, he's he's coached over 20,000 of the top entrepreneurs in the world. So if you know another entrepreneur that's coached 20,000 directly top entrepreneurs in the world, I mean, he's been a coach for over 45 years. Uh, I currently invest 25K a year in it. I'd easily invest 50K a year in it because it, it's... Um, it's uh, not only who's in the room, but who's not in the room. It's actually, I think, more important who's not in the room. Because um, um, most people would look at that as a cost. People at the highest level, that's just a good investment. And basically, you know, 99% of the way I live my life is what I've learned in that program over the last two and a half years or so. Just in terms of, you know, spending time with my family, only doing what I like to do and what I'm good at, being the buyer, attracting the right fit folks to me, raising rates exponentially. I mean, I'm just, you know, again, I'm almost dead last in ideation. So most of my good ideas just come from being in rooms like that. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll do that. That's a good idea. I'll do that. And then I just do it. So it's just a collaborative platform for me. And then I help a lot of the folks in there. So I've had clients who've been in the program and authors who've been in the program. The, the last yes. model that I saw was um, there would be quarterly meetings and yes. you'd meet for a few days. And um, to your point, some, one of the differentiators was um, there were high standards set Mm -hmm. similar to uh, you know a harvard executive program or something that says you have to do this to be in the room and if you're not you know we hope you get there to get in the room so is that right. what you meant by who's not there but i think it's also mindset could you talk more about the mindset man i you know i love talking to you and this is why i don't prepare for interviews because you know i just oh it's always better organic um and so if you have the right mindset, it attracts the right network and which creates the right opportunities. So I just treat my brain like a muscle, treat my brain like a muscle and just basically have built an impenetrable, mind, impenetrable mindset that attracts other people with this mindset and it actively repels everyone else. So people that ask, what do you cost or charge? Repelled. People that live in scarcity, repelled. People that are the buyers and think at the highest level, very attracted to this. Very confident people are very attracted to this. Very arrogant people are very repelled at this. Arrogant people think they're great at everything. Confident people know they're terrible at almost everything, but they're great at one or two things. And then that just attracts other confident, other confident people. And, and um, you know, to land the plane for a second, if it's helpful, um, the first level of coach, which I was in for, I don't know, a year, a year and a couple months, that's 10K a year. It was good to have that foundation good to have that foundation a lot of the folks at that level they're trying to change their world there um the level i'm at now uh which is 25k a year and then there's a third level which is 50k a year which i'll likely join uh either in 2022 or 2023 um two years from now um those folks are changing the world the not their they've are their world's long that's been changed a long time ago um, and if I'm not partnering with someone who's changing the world, I get bored very easily. I can't help a their world person. It has to be a the world. It has to be a the. 
one thing that uh, and and I recommend his writings to uh, yeah to everyone. Um, one of his writings uh, was about how you organize your week, uh, something similar yeah. to what we talk about. But in his and and Justin, correct me, uh, but it was you would have two days of your week where you would do your client outreach, high activity, high value mm. uh, activities. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But then you'd have two focus days day. where you focus, focus days, day. and then you'd have two days where um, you take care of the uh, back room things, um, stuff that needs to be done, but it doesn't have that same energy. Buffer day. Buffer, Buffer day. days. And then one yep. day a week, um, and I saw this in action for somebody, it was just amazing, where one day a week you spend it uh, with family, loved ones in Free day. nature. Uh, what kind of day? Free day. Free day. A free day. So yep. for me, I like water and trees. I should be there. Yep. Other people like deserts. Other people like mountains, uh, the seashore. Right. So that energizes you. So you think, yep. well, you're eliminating 20% of your week. How can you? You're more productive. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. Right. So that's the scarcity mindset. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, you know, I, I'm an outlier even among the outliers in coach. Um, so what do I mean by that? Um, you know, I either have free days or focus days. Um, I have almost no buffer activities, meaning like ancillary, like other things because I'm totally focused on what I like to do and what I'm good at most I mean I actually haven't met anyone else like me but most folks they have those buffer days just to just to do the stuff that they that are not the revenue profit generating activities right. um, I do so few things because I only focus on what I'm good at or what I like to do everything's that for me everything's a focus activity or a free day activity and a free day, I, again, I just spend like to spend time with my family and grow my network. So growing network is a focus activity and spending time with the family, it's a free day activity. Um, and what I will say to dovetail what you said, it doesn't have to necessarily be in nature. It's just like not working. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as not working. And, and to dovetail our dovetail, having more free days has led to more profit. Having more free time has led to far more profit because you're just focusing on the right people and you're being the buyer and just raising rates exponentially. Um, and again, it eliminates all this complexity that most people are living in. And then it just attracts the right people to you. They're very attracted to that. My business partner, Mark LeBlanc, who couldn't be with us today, but um, he has uh, something very similar. I think it's been inspired <laughs> by that, but there are just certain times that we know you can't reach him. Don't He's bother really, him. Don't bother him. He's off there. And uh, also, I, I respect him so much because at six o'clock, he's not reading a smartphone or an email till the next morning mm. at eight. Um, and so uh, think of those emails that come in at night. That's a problem that you're going to have angst over all night. But nothing can happen till the morning. It would just have been better if you read it at 8 a.m. the next morning. And um, also things about not constantly getting on the email all the time. That's an energy suck. Um, yep. You know, some things I've seen is handle it twice a day if that's what you have to do. 
Um, but there's yep. no reason you have to be connected and tethered. Um, I was in Vistage for a number of years and uh, Vistage yep. is groups of entrepreneurs and it's to help you make better decisions. This uh, one yep. guy who was uh, owned a, a kind of a tech consulting, IT consulting type business and um, things were so um, crazy there, but he promised his wife a vacation. So he took her to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And he took his laptop and he was on he the did. beach in, in Hawaii on the laptop all day. And he told me, he said, on the trip back home, she looked at me and she said, you might as well have not been on the vacation. Yeah, what's the point? So that's a business owner. I'm just an entrepreneur. Uh, that's a business owner. And again, I don't care. That's that was totally meaningless to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, most of my day, not all, but most of it's talking to the top entrepreneurs, not business owners, entrepreneurs. And um, one of them was telling me, because I hear stories like that all the time. And then I'm like, that's not a good idea. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I hear bad idea. Don't do that. Good idea. Do that. But the guy was saying, he's like, that's just winning the wrong game. All that is, is winning the wrong game. And uh, can't tell you how many wealthier you know, you know, incredibly wealthy people. And then I always ask, you know, how's, how's your family doing? And not all the time, but a lot of times they're like, oh, I never had a family. I never saw my family. Most miserable people on the planet. Most miserable. And I just will, <laughs> I am not, I am a dad who happens to be an entrepreneur. I am not an entrepreneur who happens to be a dad. <laughs> big, dif big difference. Uh, I am a dad. I'm a dad first. And you are too, by the way. <laughs> You're a dad first. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you are. I mean, you just, you did, and you kept it tight, which is, I, I respect that. I respect that great deal. Well, yeah. Justin, my, my Vistage <clears throat> group, when I started this, had to um, get me to take weekends off. My <laughs> days were Saturday and Sunday to spend with my family. Uh, because when you're started yeah. out, it's like, you know, going to war or something or, or being an NFL team. There's never enough time to prepare and yep. do everything. Um, yeah, over the weekend, I, I heard a former Pittsburgh Steeler uh, who was 27 was offered eight million and walked away from it because he said it wasn't worth it uh, to to be that disconnected from the rest of life and the important things in life. So, yeah, it's it's uh, but you can get crazy wrapped up in what well, you keep saying a business owner that you got to win. You know, you got to win the game and do whatever it takes to win. And uh, if it costs you your family, what did you really win? No, you won oh. nothing. You, you lost everything. That's all. Yeah. That's all. But, yeah. And I mean, listen, it's all, listen, there's, <laughs> if, if you don't, I, I have two 10 X's in my life, only two. So, you know, most, most business owners, they want a 10 X revenue, office space, employee account. That's fine. Great. Uh, my, my 10x in life is experience in life with my family. If you have a good family life, you have a good life. If you meet someone who has a good family life and does not have a good life, I genuinely, I'm not joking, I actually want to meet that person because I've yet to meet someone who has a good family life that does not have a good life. And the other 10x is network on a global level because when, when you do that, you create endless opportunities for your network and yourself and all this other landing the plane stuff takes care of yourself. It just takes care of itself because I'm constantly getting intros because I'm giving to give, but only to the people who get it. And then they just constantly introduce me to people like you. I mean, I don't, someone introduced me to you. I mean, I, so, and then look at the greatness, the good, 
the great collaborative greatness that's come from that. So it's just I might an have intro. written about a dozen of your clients. You, <clears throat> right. being, you giving to give created, and I didn't have to write about those people. There wasn't anything about them that I go, my God, this is breaking news. I've got to cover this. It was like, okay, Justin says they're a good guy. And, uh, you know, if they'll follow my rules, we can work uh, and get them out there and uh, find the interesting story and do that. My mother was a waitress, and uh, you know, didn't finish high school waitress from New York City. And she always said, you got to give to get. First you give, then you get. So, uh, you know, that's, that's New York waitress for the abundance mentality right there. Yeah, well, she'd be a good entrepreneur. And that's the whole point is that when you, when you lead with the right type of giving to the people who get it, all this other stuff will take care of itself. And again, because I'm not winning the wrong game. Uh, you'll, you'll probably hear my kids come crashing through the door here because it's, uh, it's 541 uh, Chicago time. So you'll, you'll hear it. <laughs> but uh, that's, to me, that's the only game that matters. Um, it's the, it's, you know, I, I, you know, I'll be quick with, with this because, you know, my dad died when I was, when I was 13 and he was a World War II hero. He, he was 61 when I was born. He was a World War II hero shot down many times on, in combat, many times without a parachute. And, um, and he wasn't a good dad. He was a great dad, a great, a great, like, you know, I mean, you know, came from nothing, came from nothing, became the president of an insurance company, just endless wisdom. And uh, here come my kids. And so, and so I know what it's like not to have that around. And I am just not, I'm just not, I'm just not going to be that person. <laughs> just not. And uh, I'm so thankful I can't tell you how grateful I am as my kids walk through the door. Like to be, I get to see them. I get to see them. And that's really, that it's really all that matters to me. All this other stuff's great. I'm very thankful for that, but I, I get to see my family. So I'm very grateful for that. Justin, thank you for being so generous with your time today. We really appreciate it. Um, a lot of food for thought for uh, our authors in the program and for our listeners. So, with that, I want to thank everybody for their attendance today and look forward to seeing you on another episode of Marketing with a Book. Thanks, everybody.